This week's podcast brought to you by the offices of Didi, Zadie, and Pussy. No, Bibi, Zadie, and Pussy. Okay. This week's podcast brought to you by the law offices of Zizi. No, no. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Bibi, Zadie, and Pussy. <laughs> this week's podcast brought to you by the law offices of Bibi, Zadie, and Pussy. <laughs> So I've got a question for you. The other night I'm driving our son back from playing um, in a basketball game and it was late at night and we were driving by not really a full strip mall but an area that had the signs out front for what was in the strip mall and one of them was a restaurant, one was just said guns and the other one said tattoo supplies. So not tattoo parlor, not tattoos, tattoo supplies. I know where that game was because I passed that same strip mall and thought the same thing. Like what does that mean? Is that if you're if you have an at-home tattoo kit? That's exactly You can what go I... there and get ink and needles. Like what is it all about? I mean, I, I I'm not well, so the... curious that I will stop and go in. There are places that sell Barber supplies, right? I think so. For people who are doing at-home barbering, perhaps during COVID-19, the pandemic, I assume the same principle applies, and they're selling tattoo needles, ink by the barrel, and maybe stencils for people doing at-home <laughs> tattoos during COVID. I don't know. But I mean, I, d- I doubt it popped up just since COVID. I would imagine it was there prior I don't know. I just found it to be um, uh, interesting. And I was thinking um, about the restaurant. Like if, if I've never, if I'm hungry and I'm driving down the street and I'm thinking about going somewhere to eat, if I see that you're in a plaza with guns and tattoo supplies, probably not eating at your spot. (laughs) That's, that's where we're different. When I, that's where we're different. That's where we're different. What I look for in a restaurant, apart from a decent burger, is proximity to 44 magnums and uh, anchor stencils. <laughs> because that's what comes to mind for you, is still like the, the Navy yeah. sailor yeah, who's getting the anchor tattoo. Well, what arm. do you think the, the tattoos ranked are? Are they still not anchor, mom, arrow with the heart through it, with your with your best girl's name in script? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm living in 19... 19- 40 so i'm thinking of like when you walk down the street or you used to in new york and you could get like a henna tattoo one of those temporary ones and they would have the um sandwich board with the different images that you could choose from and like i'm guessing like most popular at the top least popular at the bottom or however it worked do you think they have some sort of chart like that at the tattoo supply when you're when you're getting the stencil you think there's like there's i'd like this the sheet of anchor stencils with all the variety of Anchors, anchor looks, and dolphins, <laughs> barbed wire, bicep wraps. I don't know that that's as big anymore. Chinese characters, are they still in? That say something oh, I'm sure. wrong? But you, you have no idea, of course, what they truly say unless you speak uh, or uh, read unless, Chinese. Unless your, your tattoo artist or a tattoo supply supplier speaks fluent Mandarin. Right, right. Exactly, yeah. I, I wonder if there is, you know, like you can tell the era of, clothes you know you look at somebody with acid wash jeans and you know they're either right now or in the early 90s what is the acid wash gene of tattoos tattoos. yeah like the barbed wire is certainly a certain time frame where that was that was a big thing especially when it's no longer coiled around a a big bicep and is now like dangling from a droopy bicep (laughs) yes um, Dangling from a droopy bicep. That <laughs> was a, a country, Yates poem, I think. Oh, yeah. that is going to be a country music song. Um, so anyway, that that that's been on my mind. That's been on my mind. You did not stop in for a post game bite to eat. A post game pop and a bite to eat. No, I did not. Did you say that a minute ago? That that's where you and I are different. That's where we're different. You, you know where else we're different? Where we're, we're different? I can't think of any other ways. Um, I don't yell at the toaster when. Um, 
when I put my bread in and it's on the wrong setting. We have this weird toaster. It's a two-slice toaster, which was the, f- the first error because- It's a four-slice toaster. What's that? It's a four-slice It's a four-slice toaster. toaster? Of course it is. Oh, yeah, it is a four-slice toaster. So that wasn't an error. Um, it replaced the two-slice toaster. It, that that's was, right. That, 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 that was the problem. But it's got this weird thing there. So there's buttons or knobs, I guess. There's knobs. And it starts at bread and then English muffin and then bagel and then- um, whatever else is on there. There's it, like five different settings, you're right? Ma- you're making it sound too sophisticated. It's not It's not an electronic piece of wizardry. It's like a 1950s a toaster with yeah. two knobs that you just crank. You right. just turn them. Right, but you can t- put it on toast bread setting or English muffin setting or bagel setting. And so like when you put it on the bagel setting, it only toasts one side yes. of the bagel. There, there, are, there are like six settings, but there are only yeah. really two settings. There's, there's bread and there's bagel. If you if you put it on bagel, it only toasts one side. Right. If you put it on bread, it toasts both sides. If you put it on waffle, it toasts both sides. If you put it on English right. muffin, it toasts both sides. So but all it's of got all, all those ridiculous markings. All of the other things do nothing. It's okay. just it's just bread or Fair bagel enough. or English muffin, which is bread, or waffle, which is bread. Okay. Or 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 pastry. Yeah. Like that's a pop on there too. which is also bread. Okay. So when I put something in there which is usually a bagel for one of the kids or bread for toast. I turn the little dial and I push the thing down and it pops up and it's, it's done its job. It's if it's a bagel, it's great. It's only toasted the one side. Toast is perfect. The other day I walked into the kitchen and you were seriously, I don't want to say angry, but seriously annoyed because you had put your bread into toast and it was on the bagel setting. And the reason you were annoyed... So, so half of no, the... No, no. Only one side was right, toasted. Right, But the reason you were annoyed was not because you hadn't thought to turn it to the bread. You were annoyed because you said, whoever used this before me should have turned it back to toast. Because somebody had, somebody had made a bagel, and in your brain, it's their responsibility to turn it back to the toast button. <laughs> like, are you kidding? Be kind. Rewind. That's all I'm saying. You were like our, our older daughter was home because it was a day where she could come home early from school. You were legit annoyed slash angry. And she and I were looking at each other like, who is this ridiculous human being in our kitchen who's yelling at whoever made the last bagel because they didn't reset it to the setting that he was going to then make his sandwich on? It was one, not one of your finer moments. You know who it almost certainly was? Who? Me. But yeah, probably. Because th- I'm always making the kids bagels. Probably. But do, and, 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 and as she and I were like looking at each other, and I think I said something to you calling you on it, but you were in the type of mood where you couldn't even bring your brain rationally back to the fact that, yes, what you were saying was idiotic. You like stuck with it. No. You stuck with it. I think oh, yeah, now see, you've realized no, no, like no, no, that was no. a ridiculous stance, but at, in the time you, you were determined to be annoyed. <laughs> And so this is what you were going to let no, annoy. You've me. got to sell the bit. So I, it wasn't, but it me. wasn't a bit. You were you were truly in in your fields no, I was. of I was. of, of, and, of annoyance. And, <laughs> and and had I been making a waffle, I'd have been annoyed that they hadn't reset it to the waffle setting. That they or the English muffin setting. You've probably made something since you had your toast, and you were annoyed that they, meaning of course you, hadn't reset it to whatever but it was I've also, it was just ridiculous i've also put in bagels and toasted the wrong side so yes. toasted the outside of the bagel rather than the 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 uh sawed knifed right. surface of the bagel that you spread the cream and i'm cheese guessing on. in your mind when that happened you're annoyed at the toaster that was, we have this ridiculous toaster instead of annoyed at yourself for not putting the setting on the correct one well you know the the uh, non-smart toaster the dumb toaster that i had as a kid, worked perfectly fine. Do you it know was why? so much better because than this you one. put stuff in and it toasted it, and then you popped it yeah. out. There was no bagel setting, and it was indestructible. Like this one's flimsy. You know, this is probably a thirty-dollar toaster. I don't even know what toasters cost. It's been a while <laughs> that we got like Bed Bath and Beyond. So you're right; it's not like some sophisticated no. and piece it, of machinery. It, it, and like I think the toaster we had as a kid, I don't ever remember us getting a new toaster. No, it's like us, any appliance. You had it from the time you were born, as far as you knew, until you left for college. And if it broke, I mean, you could get a new one, or you could take it to right to. Uh, toaster repair guy. Exactly. And you know where toaster repair guy was located? Across from church in our case. He was located in what is now the tattoo supply place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In a strip yes, mall. Yeah. 
That's true. In fact, the, the tattoo supply uh, merchant is the spiritual heir to the toaster repair guy because they're both at least working with the physical tools that you can understand. Are you guys serious about this stuff? As a Rebecca Lobo set shot. Glass! We had our selection show for the um, women's tournament yesterday. What a, what a seamless segue. <laughs> I know, there was no segue at all. We, we had our, our tournament selection show yesterday, which was Monday. And... Um, and a couple of years ago, two years ago, so the last time we had a selection show, because obviously we didn't have one last year, a couple of years ago, the brackets accidentally ended up on ESPNU or ESPN News. I don't know still how you how the bracket, like hours before the show, accidentally. I think somebody was building them in graphics because it takes them a while to build the actual physical look of the brackets. It, it was, I, I, I think I know what happened. It was like in the, the uh, 70s Saturday morning show Far Out Space Nuts, where they're loading up the rocket ship, the, the two stooges, who, who uh, including Bob Denver, yeah. who are sort of NASA mechanics, and, they, they, and they're, they're supposed to put lunch, you know, in for the astronauts, and, uh, and Bob Denver actually hits the button that says launch, and the guy says, I said lunch, not launch, but it was too late, and they've, they've launched the rocket. Now they're, they're the far-out space nuts living in space. So it's, it was, yeah, I'm sure it was something like that. I said, I said, lunch, not launch. <laughs> so, so because something like that happened two years ago, yesterday, it was this huge production now at, at ESPN just to get the bracket. Typically, we would go into Bristol. We'd get the bracket between noon and one. You'd have a few hours to, di- like to digest it, look at matchups, you know, have the call with the committee, all this stuff. Well, of course, that's not going to happen now because somebody screwed up, pressed launch, not lunch. And, uh, and so we get the bracket not till three o'clock, and it's some password protected thing in your email. It's not actually printed out. Well, the problem was, as Holly Rowe and I um, were trying to look at the bracket on our phone, it was unreadable. So, okay, we we have to get to a place where we can look at it on the computer. We get it on the computer, have the call with the committee, um, and then we have our production meeting, and we're getting ready. All right, this is what it's going to look like. This is how we're unveiling the brackets. This year, we get to have reactions from almost every team that makes the tournament. So we're going to go to these live shots. Like, it's going to look really cool. We go through the show. This is how it's scripted out. We're talking about this here. We're talking about this there. So this is like two hours worth of calls. We're actually in Bristol at ESPN at this point. Call is over. Meeting's done. Before we leave the room, someone says, check your phone. And we look down, and there's a, um, somebody has sent us a tweet saying that Gino Oriyama has tested positive for COVID. <laughs> and I'm not laughing because he tested positive for COVID, obviously. Um, but we just all look at each other. So I look at our producer. I'm like, all right. So I guess the top of our show has now changed, the very beginning of the show. So, yeah, so we had everything planned, whatever. And then, of course, you get this breaking news that we're going to talk about when we first come on the air. Um, but uh, but w- w- we've, got a, we've got a tournament. We've got 64 teams who are going to be traveling to the San Antonio region. They've all been testing, and uh, they have to – the since – you know, their their conference tournament ended um, because in order to even go to San Antonio, everybody in your travel party has to have seven consecutive negative tests. So even teams that didn't make the tournament but were hoping to make the tournament have been testing. And um, and we've got basketball in a big way starting on um, starting on Sunday. That's when when it tips and we have a ton of games. And uh, in terms of Coach Oriama, because of Connecticut state rules, um, Connecticut's rules, if you test positive, you have to quarantine for 10 days. So he'll be quarantining here for 10 days. He'll miss the team's first two games, assuming they advance to the second round, um, which is usually a safe assumption. And then he'll rejoin them for the Sweet 16. But anyway, there's a women's tournament this year, and that and that's pretty exciting. And Chris Daly will coach? Yep, Chris Daly will. She's Gino's associate head coach. She's been with him since day one at UConn. And she actually, over the years, he's missed games for a variety of reasons, um, sometimes health reasons or other reasons. And um, her record as a head coach is 10-0. and So um, she is undefeated to this point. Holly Rowe made a good point when we were watching uh, or when we were doing the show. She's like, but who's going to be her get-back coach? Because whenever coach is yelling and about to get a technical, it's Chris Daly, like super skinny Chris Daly trying to hold him back. Is it going to be Jamel Elliott? Is it going to be Shea Ralph? Which one of those two will have the get-back coach responsibilities? 
and uh, of course, you know, you, there's always upsets in the first couple of rounds. But one one part of the bracket to keep your eye on um, is if UConn advances to the Sweet 16, and Iowa is also in in their bracket. If they advance to the Sweet 16, they will meet one another. And what's super interesting about that potential matchup is UConn has Paige Beckers, one of the absolute best freshmen in the country. And Iowa has Caitlin Clark, who is another magnificent freshman. She led the nation in scoring. Um, she she can just flat out play. And there's been like this sub-argument on Twitter and social media all season long, like who truly is the best freshman in the country? Is it Paige, um, you know, who's on the number one ranked team in the country? Is it, on, is it Caitlin, who's led the nation in scoring? But they're both spectacular players. And um, if that matchup happens, I'm, I'm hoping that um, Ryan, Holly, and I will get a chance to call that game because it would be an absolute blast to watch. So as people are listening to this, if you follow um, women's college basketball, or even if you don't, if you see that that matchup actually comes to comes to be, um, please tune in because it will be a great um, a great battle between two of the best point guards in the country. That's a great basketball announcer phrase she can flat out play she can she can flat out she can she's really really good well, I, I believe that but I, no but that is a weird it's not what weird. does I flat out even it's, mean it's, it's an intensifier what a does non-profane it come from? intensifier i, I don't Do know, know? But, but she can flat out play <laughs> that's like the intensifier of of where you describe you use the sport to describe what just happened that is just a great golf shot that's a great golf. Well, considering this is golf, I would hope that that great shot was a golf shot. Yes. This kid, kid can just, you know what would have been better? This kid can just flat out play basketball. Right. Right. I'll try to I'll try to work on at, that at, in a basketball at, game. At both ends of the floor. But, right. She can play both sides of the ball. Both sides at of the ball. Both ends of the she, floor. She is, is a great outside shooter. Unfortunately, we play all of our games inside. <laughs> That's one of my my favorite coaches, uh, rubber chicken banquet uh, insults. Right. You, we um, we, I've still never used this, and this has been like in the vault for two years. But if the if these two end up meeting one another, if these two teams and these two players, you know what it'll be? What will it be? Bouncy castles. Bouncy castles. I think that would be the time for me to debut bouncy castle. I think I, I would give you a, a $5 bonus if you uh, would use the word frosh during that game. Fra- not fraught. No, this game is fraught with frosh. Yes. Frosh. Have you ever used that on a broadcast? If so, no. why not? If if not, why not? If so. Has anyone? Why? Frosh. Frosh. I, w- I would, here's what you do, okay? Okay. And, and, and the viewers can verify this if they see the game. If it's that game or possibly another game, use the phrase frosh cagers. Frosh cagers. Frosh cagers. Two of the best frosh cagers in the nation. That's a great old newspaper headlinees. Frosh cagers. Wrestling, it would be grapplers. Grapplers. Sometimes uh, uh, netmen. 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 So I, I like to pr- bring that back. And, and, and what was the headline in the paper the other day that one of our kids said, like, what is that? And I said, well, that's, they had to shorten the word to fit it in the headline. It's one of the reasons that, that the expansion Tampa baseball team was the devil rays. They, you know, become just rays in the headline. Now they are just plain rays as if the, the headline drove the nickname. You know, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the D-backs, the Washington Nationals, the Nats. Um, you have to have a name that that fits in a headline. Yukon is is an example of that. Yeah, um, Yukon. I, I, I think they've officially changed a couple of years ago. Changed the name of the university from the University of Connecticut to like in terms of the branding, like "Welcome to Yukon." That's on the sign instead of University of Connecticut. And I, I didn't, I've never thought about it like in terms of headlines. I've thought about it in terms of the Twitterverse and your limited number of characters and your hashtags and so you shorten everything but of course they had to do that with headlines Long well. before the Twitterverse peop, uh, athletes were instead of signing contracts which is a lot of letters they were inking pacts right. in headlines and uh, I noticed yesterday in the Washington Post they had a headline about the top seeds in the women's tournament and and who are the who are the, the the top four seeds? The top four seeds are Stanford who is the number one overall one seed UConn 
NC State in South Carolina. Okay, so it, it had uh, Stanford, NC State, South Carolina, and UConn in the headline that I was reading on my phone, and UConn was rendered capital U hyphen capital C O N N period. Oopsie daisies. No, 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 not oopsie daisies. It's that's their it's their style, and and different newspapers have different. Uh, headline styles, the AP usage, you know, I mean, because UConn mashes the U and the C together doesn't mean it's sort of linguistically correct, but usually you would you would uh, reflect whatever, you know, the university decides is their, is their name, but, uh, but not the Washington Post. And just because UConn, when they were in the American Conference, tried to call it the power six just because they said that didn't make it true they did yeah they did or just because one of their marketing campaigns was yukon the sixth borough when they remember would have that. like the subway map up of, of new york every every college is always trying to claim new york city as you know their fan base right. when, when in fact as, as somebody who lived in new york city for 10 years uh, it doesn't care about college sports right. except for wherever except during the big east tournament and, and wherever or, the the right. local went to college, you know, you might watch Alabama football at this bar right. and UCLA basketball at that bar, but it's it's uh, not everybody going crazy for Rutgers football. Right. I, I remember being on a conference call and somebody said something about um, the power six, and I just sat there thinking, yeah, it doesn't matter how much you try, this one's not catching on when it comes to the American conference. But you can't, you, you, you <clears throat> can't blame them for trying, though. No, of course. You know, you talk about... Um, you know, people in New York, and they've got their different college teams from where they're from. I had an interesting conversation <clears throat> this weekend with two of the people I coach with. Two dads and I coach our fifth graders, um, fifth grade daughters basketball team. And um, this is before a game, and they were just saying, you know, we we're trying to um, figure out what grade w- we started playing basketball, that where you first offered a team. And one of the guys was saying, you know, when you played basketball as a kid, where I came from, he's like, it was all like CYO. There were no travel teams. There weren't even school teams. It was CYO. And the other dad, who was, um, he said, nobody played basketball when I was growing up. He said, everybody wrestled. He's from Western Pennsylvania. He's like, everybody wrestled where I, I'm from. And, and the other guy's from um, from South Carolina. And, he's, and, and he was the one who was like, yeah, you know, in the winter, if you played basketball, it was CYO. And I was telling them for you, like everybody in Minnesota played hockey in the wintertime. Um, and just how like we were doing it in terms of, you know, it's okay that our fifth grade team <laughs> scored 10 points or got whooped by another team. Like who, uh, who in back in the day was playing girls basketball in fifth grade on it, like a travel and, and, team. And, and you probably shouldn't be because the kids, most of the kids can't, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a, uh, no pun intended, a long shot for them to make yeah. a basket. Um, yeah. and, and I, I switched from hockey to basketball in sixth grade, but nobody, you know, some of the kids were already playing. This was just the town league, you know, Bloomington Athletic Association, BAA, the BA. And um, nobody told me, for instance, that there you couldn't be in the lane for three seconds. Right. So I'd just stand in there as the tall guy, and they'd blow a whistle and say, call three seconds, the ball would go to the other other end. But I didn't know what they were calling. I didn't know there was a rule against it. I, I, it took me most of that season to learn that there was a three-second and when I learned that there was a three-second rule, I would I would flash into the lane and then get out within a second and a half because I didn't want the shame of being whistled for three seconds. So I would right. for, so for me there was a one-second rule. So it, was, it wasn't until seventh grade, middle school, it was CYO uh, at our Catholic grade school that I even started like learning the rules of basketball or anything. Yeah. And, and as you, you know, the, the rest is history. I went on to a Hall of Fame career. Right. But, um, <laughs> well, but yes, th- a lot of these sports, they shouldn't be playing anything other than than uh, a pickup or or in the driveway. Or on, but there are no driveways or sandlots or pickup games. I mean, I right. sound a thousand years old saying this, but it, it's just not something that happens. So any, any activity that the kids do has to be uh, you have to pay for it. You have to have you know adult supervision. You have to have a uniform. You have to go to Dick's Sporting Goods on the Saturday before that that activity starts to buy a bunch of stuff. Right. Um, it's uh, this is the time of year for my yearly rant. Um, I won't even get into you know high school needing um, the thirty second shot clock. But like with you sports, um, you know. <laughs> 
there should be rules up until a certain age that you can't play zone defense because, of course, there's no fifth grader or very few with proper form who can make a shot outside of the key. So the teams that just sit in the key and sit in their zone defense, not teaching their players any zone or any real principles of how to play defense, you just go stand there and then no kid can make a shot unless it's a breakaway layup or... Even um, don't full court press. Of course, don't full court press. Like it makes zero. Full court press is very effective. Why is it effective? Because no kid that age has the ball handling skills to be able to handle it. Even bigger, you can front load the press because no kid that age can has the strength, the physical strength to pass the ball over the top to all of her teammates who may be at the other end. And even in um, most any kid can defend. And no kid can can overcome and, de- defending with by by running a, a press break. It's, and, it's and you know what every kid can do as well. They can foul. They can smack your arms. Sure. And that's another thing that's really hard to you know for the officials to call every single time um, down the floor. And even as the kids get older, because right now um, you know with schools up here are still for the most part cl- their gyms are closed to outside activities. So you're using auxiliary gyms and. for their courts so the courts are smaller so even at the older age like the seventh grade boys you get a team lots of teams who like to run like a half court trapping press well when kids in seventh grade boys can be very big and you're on a small court they take up all the real estate so it's um it's just this this weird um and grown-ups can't be trusted to do the right thing so if you're if so there there ought to be rules in place I just that if would, you're if you're up 20 you 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 call off the press because you it seems like anybody would do that and yet they don't and o- often there is that rule i wish there was more nuanced rules though like i wish from you know whatever age you start playing i, I don't think you should be able to play full court or even zone until you get to 7th grade i think 4th 5th 6th take that time to teach your kids how to play man to man defense teach them how like go, go in to your practice working on skills it, it used to and still now drives me nuts that I have to spend time in a practice instead of with a fifth and sixth grader working on fundamentals and how to get better I have to work on how to get a shot against a zone or how to break a press instead like that's that's nonsense I want you want to get want to get the kids better but um, teach them te- teach them how to fly a kite teach them how to to, to uh, draw Porky Pig. I mean, it's it's they, they don't need formal weekend, you know, drudgery. Right. They get enough of, like, of formal weekday drudgery in school. All they want to do when you get to practice is um, play launch games. threes. Yeah. Well. Well. No. But 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 they want to play knockout. They want to they want to do yeah, the compete, fun stuff. Right. They want to do the dribble knockout. And that's what that's what we should be doing. Like let's let's do some things. Of course, we have to do things to get them better. And then let's let them play games. I don't want. They don't want to spend ten minutes, and neither do I, telling them where to go so that they can break a trapping press in fifth grade (laughs) like i don't want to do it either kids but we have to work on it a little bit or else we're going to be stuck when we get to our game this weekend so anyway that's that's my yearly rant shall we get to viewer mail let's get to viewer mail big bad look throw our lure reel us in with your viewer mail hi steven rebecca writes uh hannah previously of Khan College, now in the working world. Oh, no, she's left Khan College. I mean, yes, she's left Khan College, but I just think of Hannah at Khan College. We need a, we need a new uh, uh, college correspondent. Hi, Stephen Rebecca. I've been meaning to send this email for weeks and have just assumed that someone else would take my position, but after just catching up, I must weigh in. While I personally don't cut the crusts off my PB&Js, if I did, I would cut the crust off first. For me, it's Come a mess on. thing. Come on! Yes, Hannah! She's my Delaware! Uh, for me, it's a mess thing. I don't want to get peanut butter or jelly on my fingers while either cutting or throwing away the crust. I can understand how the peanut butter crust would be good for a dog, but I don't have one. It just seems simpler to cut the crust off before you potentially make a bigger mess. I, I couldn't disagree more. As for the butts of the bread loaf discussion, this reminded me of my grandma's freshness trick. My grandma sends all of her grandkids who are in college a care package with baked goodies, usually cookies and brownies. 
Because she has to mail them, she puts a piece of bread in with the treats to keep them fresh. Something about the bread goes stale, but the, not the other things. I don't understand it, but it definitely works. And this seems to be the perfect use of the bread butts. Two things here, Rebecca. Bread yes. butts. Bread butts. Not heels. Different yeah. part of the, bo- of the bread body. Butts, I, I've always called them heels. Always called them heels. Maybe but because is, I was eating them, I wouldn't want right. to call them butts. But, but the butt end is, is you course, know, what yeah. uh, makes more sense than the heel. And the, the second thing here is, um, how does that work? The, the bread probably absorbs any moisture in the package. I it goes know. stale and, and the other things don't. That's I my don't guess. Know. Thanks to you both for continuing to put out such entertaining content. I look, I, I took off the spring semester and recently started an internship at a local news site and listening to your podcast has proven to be a great brain break in between trying to get articles out. Rebecca, I hope you're able to stay safe and COVID free in Texas. I'm guessing that means we will be missing out on podcasts for a few weeks, but it will be great to see you back in the gym calling games. Actually, thank you, Hannah. Um, what do you think? Will, will we miss the, uh, I guess we won't be able to do the podcast while you're in San Antonio. I don't know. I'm supposed to purchase a contraption that Denny has suggested that will allow us to do the podcast even while I'm gone. So stay tuned on that one. Below, Restiva writes, uh, Damon, uh, Restiva, but primarily Steve, below is the full body of the flaming Hot Cheeto Sushi at, at Stop and Shop. In addition to the sushi, I was suggesting a paired beverage. Uh via Josh Gondelman and Craig Finn on Twitter to wash it down. Bonus says Restiva is the artificial sweetener used in Diet Dr. Pepper. So um, uh, coming to Stop and Shop, Flamin' Hot Cheeto Sushi Roll, yes. So it's 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 there. It's 749. I, you brought, brought I home was, sushi. Um, I, was, I was at Stop and Shop yesterday, and I went over to where they have their sushi just to see if they had it, and I was going to take a picture. In Hartford County, the roll is at stores in Enfield, Glastonbury, Granby, Newington, Simsbury, Southington, South Windsor, Unionville, and Windsor. Uh, we should be able to find it in our it, area. It was not there yesterday okay. when I looked. I did look. So it um, just means it's sold out. So we'll uh, we'll have to keep looking. And, and what would you pair that with, Rebecca? Diet Dr. Pepper? I would think of more of a Diet Mountain Dew. Diet Mountain Dew? Flaming yeah. Hot Cheetos, it, it requires something robust to yeah. counteract, you know, when they talk on food numbers, like, you know, to balance out the... Diet Mountain Dew. What would you pair? I, I'm only uh, thinking of Diet I, Mountain Dew because like I've a, been with Coach Landers and that's his beverage. Diet of Mountain Dew and Flamin' Hot Cheeto Sushi. Yeah, and and then uh, and then like a little little eight ounce can of ginger ale when you're in the ER. We'd right. probably just top that off beautifully, <laughs> right. wouldn't you think? Yes. Uh, Tim writes, good morning, Steve and Rebecca. And listening to your most recent podcast, you brought up the bracket challenge. I remember the last bracket challenge clearly because I was the lucky, yes, lucky winner of the men's bracket of the ball and chain bracket challenge. My bracket name was Oh My Aiken Bracket. Oh, that's a right. play on my last name, Aiken. And it, it tied into your discussion of proper pronunciation of last names and sometimes having to spell names over the phone to others. I, I actually th- remember whatever their prize was. We we didn't mail it out for Don't, eight months. Possibly it never did. It wasn't a we. It was a you. Right. right. You didn't do anything. Right. right. It was a, Which somehow makes it better for you. It was a total surprise as I never do well in any kind of NCAA bracket contest. I actually still have the podcast episode where you announced the winners saved and still listen to it occasionally, episode 72. It sometimes starts playing after listening to the most recent podcast. By the way, is there any way you could send me some swag, to the, send some swag to the lucky winner in honor of the two-year anniversary? I remember some discussion about a prize and my kids, and I discussed what that might be, but I probably forgot to follow up with a mailing address for said swag. So, uh, yeah. So it's been two years. Do you think maybe you could send that out? Well, of course I can. Well, do you think maybe you will? Um, of course, can I can. and will are different things. Okay. Um, yes, we'll get some swag to uh, to Tim in Missouri. Also on grocery lists, my wife feels your pain, Rebecca. I too often forget to put things on the household grocery list that we are out of, unbeknownst to her. So, like Steve, I will try to do better for her sake. I love listening to the podcast. My boys and I often listen in the car on the way to school. Thanks for sharing your stories with all your listeners. We appreciate you, Tim. Thank you. We appreciate you. We will get you. Uh, I'm going to mark this as unread so we can get you some uh, swag and thank you for the address. Um, why don't you just make a swag folder and then you can move the stuff uh, over to it why don't you well because I don't do the emails I've and and I'm only saying this as if I'm an expert I just started making folders in the last six months and and my emails and it's made things so much easier all all summer we'd be ready to do a, a zoom call with one of the WNBA coaches and I'm scrolling through all of my emails to try to find the email that had the zoom link and then I just started making a Zoom folder. It's making folders in my email has okay. really simplified my life. I think that's what you need to do uh, for our, uh, our swag swag needers. I have thirty two hundred unread emails, and uh, and organizing them into folders uh, gives me gives me like a, a, a well. Don't go backwards. Thirty two. Uh, 
uh, folders of, of 100 unread emails each. Just just going forward, okay. since you like that phrase yeah, so I love much, that phrase, why going don't you forward. start making folders? And then, like, if I, it'll, it's a life-changing thing. If I started making folders, wouldn't that uh, imply that I was making them going forward? Or, or am I going to somehow go back in time while I'm making well, folders? Instead of parsing the going forward phrase, okay. can do you think maybe you'll start making folders? I, I don't. Okay. Um, Denny, uh, our producer, Denny Gallagher, has, in, in viewer mail here, has enclosed two links, uh, one for the women's tournament, one for the men's tournament, for the bracket challenge. Okay? So perhaps we can tweet those out. Yes. Ball and chain. Forward whatever. those to me, and I'll, I'll forward I'll those tweet to you. Them out. Okay, and you can put them in a folder. I might. Um, let's see. Hi, Rebecca and Steve. I this is from Phil. I have reached a major milestone. I've listened to the first sixty episodes of Ball and Chain all in the last few months. I am deferring my planned completion celebration of spiking my earbuds into the nearest soft object until my mission is complete. I would like to share an AAU coaching story, but first, a word problem for both of you. Phil has listened to 60 podcasts. He listens to seven podcasts a week. Phil has an earworm. Rebecca, Steve, and Denny have produced 161 podcasts and produce one a week. Question for Rebecca. In how many weeks will Phil get current with the latest podcast? Listening to seven a week. How many How many has he done so far? 60. 60. How many have we done so far? 161. So he needs to do 101 divided by seven? I don't know. Wouldn't that be it? I think so. Does it, what does the earworm have to do with anything? That's the question for Steve. What tune does Phil find himself humming? His earworm. And I'm going to say that tune is opportunity. No, he hasn't listened to the most recent podcast, so it would it would have to be uh, it would have to be Happiness Lane by Tom, Dick, and Harry. It's not going to be that, but we'll find out. So Answers we've, below. We've got just about 14 and a half weeks for him to catch up, which would be three and a half months. We'll find out. Answers are below. But first, an AAU story. I believe I believe that's the math. I think I've done it correctly. My daughter was the tallest girl in her third grade class. We decided she should play basketball, and I began coaching her team in our city recreation league. Four years later, I had parlayed her height and skill into an AAU coaching gig. The premier team in our Northern California region was the San Jose Explosion. The Explosion featured the Twin Towers and twins of Courtney and Ashley Paris. Ashley and Courtney were the daughters of San Francisco 49er tackle Bubba Paris and were quite tall as 7th graders. Yeah, they both went to Oklahoma, had great careers there. Yes, the explosion regularly beat all their competition by 20 points plus. In one game, after controlling the tip, they missed their first shot. We got the rebound and dribbled the ball up court and drilled a three. I turned to the parents behind our bench and said, you should take a photo of the scoreboard now. In one timeout, my daughter, Kaylin, said, Dad, my nose only comes up to Courtney's armpit, and it's not good. <laughs> My reply, try putting your butt on her and moving her out of the key. She's killing us inside. In a strange twist, seven years later, Kaylin was talking to her college apartment mate, Annie, and learned that Annie was the point guard on the explosion. They had not realized that they had played against each other. Annie assured Kaylin that Courtney and Ashley were very nice. Of course, you both know that Courtney received a college scholarship at the University of Oklahoma and was eventually a first-round WNBA draftee. I also have a Bill Lambeer AAU coaching story, but I will save that for a future milestone to email you. Answers. Let X equal the number of weeks until Phil's podcast consumption rate is the same as the number of podcasts that Denny produces. 60 plus 7 times equals 161 plus 1X. 6X equals 101. X equals 16.8 weeks, probably in July. Was that what you thought? No, but I didn't know we were doing a completion rate. There, there's some Phil's, X's in there okay. that I didn't have in mind. Phil's earworm is Tom's rendition of Happiness Lane. Tom, Dick, and Harry's Happiness Lane. Excellent. I'm halfway through Road Swing, but that's another story. He writes, if you're still sending out swag in 2021, I loved, I would love a beer coaster. Uh, Phil, the beer coaster is on the way. I'm marking this on red and not putting it Will you please in a put it in a folder? Why not? It'll change your life. Tom, uh, also in Missouri, writes, "Dear, that last one was from California. This, this is uh, our second from Missouri on the day. Dear leaders of the pod, I had a summer job while in college with Nabisco, where I filled in for salesmen on vacation and would drive to Southern California grocery stores, writing their cookie and cracker orders for the week. While 95% of Nabisco products could be found in the cookie and cracker aisles, there were some that I always had to hunt around the store to find and see if they needed more of. Worst was Nabisco chocolate wafers, essentially Oreos without the filling. Sometimes they would be in the cookie aisle. Sometimes they would be with baking supplies. Sometimes they would be with the ice cream. A few times, I never found them. Zwieback toast was another item that didn't have a set home. Some items, like candied fruit, just seemed to defy easy categorizing. That's true. Wafer, like wafer crackers, I've seen in a variety of aisles, sometimes in the international food aisle, sometimes other places. And, and sometimes I'm walking by something that I'm not trying to get and I don't get. And, I'm, and it does strike me like, why is that 
there? And how would you find it if you were trying to find it for a recipe? And how do you find anything when there are only seven items on each sign, and yet almost everything you can find off of those uh Stop and Shop used to, at the end of the aisle, they would have these laminated cards and you would, it would like hanging from, hanging from a chain rings, yeah. and you could look and it was done alphabetically. You would find exactly what you're looking for and then it would tell you the aisle. They don't have those anymore. They, they, they hang that uh, laminated chain around the neck of Marty, the uh, Stop and Shop robot, and he roams the aisles now. Yeah. That would be a worthwhile robot. Yeah, Walk up would, and say, right. hey, Marty, lead me to yes. the vanilla wafers. Right. Take me to your leader, your leader bottle of Coke. <laughs> yes. Okay. On an unrelated topic, writes Tom, does the name Tom seem to be overrepresented on the podcast? While an excellent name, generally associated with high-quality, humble, and very attractive people, it's never really been among the most common names, but it seems every other week or so there will be a viewer mail from someone named Tom. I'll hear that. My ears will perk up. Then I'll remember that I haven't written in six months. But no matter, I know I'll enjoy those letters all the same. Maybe I'm just attuned to hearing the name Tom and I'm not noticing the parade of Hermans or Gretchens going by, but it seems the podcast is disproportionately popular with Toms, not even counting your immediate family members, signed Tom. Also Steve's. I feel like we have a fair number of Steve's. Well, I know know at least one Tom who is not listening, who I know personally. My son. Oh, yes. <laughs> Him prob- too. Possibly, possibly, and probably also my brother. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes John, our Cape Cod correspondent, so another exciting evening in the Haynes household, sitting on the couch watching the Celtics and wondering why their stars won't pass more and too often settle for playing hero ball. Very frustrating. I think they could be really good if they would only learn to share the ball better. Quiz question. Take a wild guess what my all-time favorite team is. Answer below. We've got a lot of quizzes today. Naturally, the conversation segues over to the Ball and Chain podcast via a discussion of Are You Serious? As Serious as a Rebecca Lobo set shot and how that originated from the TV series Psych. This led to the following exchange. You think anybody uses that? Else uses that in their household? Are you serious? Serious as a Rebecca Lobo set shot. And just, why set shot? Just because Denny sometimes randomly throws it into the podcast. So it might be at least I'm, in I'm our saying listeners. that you think it had caught on in the. Uh, and maybe for our yes, listeners. Right. Uh, Jane, I can't think of any job I would like less than Rebecca's. <laughs> okay. Being married to me, presumably, oh, right? I would, I would uh, think, Traveling yes. all over the country, calling basketball games. John, oh, I would love that. Get to travel to great cities, watch basketball, see the sights. Jane, she probably doesn't get to see anything because she has to move into onto the next city. John, oh, I bet she gets some time to get around. Uh, <laughs> get around. Excuse me? Yes. <laughs> Jane, yeah, you'd love that. Lots of travel, lots of basketball. You'd like to be her. John, yeah, and I could be married to Steve. Note, tongue was firmly in cheek at the time. I, 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 I don't know why it would have to be. The truth is we are kind of the opposite of you guys. I love the travel and am more and am more gregarious. And Jane's the writer who's happy just reading a book on the couch. Although, like you two, we enjoy the back and forth and wordplay of simple conversations. Thank you so much for being a part of our lives and providing so much fodder for interesting and sometimes inane conversations. As always, your Cape Cod correspondent, John John, thank you. Quiz answer, the 1986 Celtics, of course, best passing team I ever saw. Arguably the best NBA team ever. At the least, they're certainly in the conversation. John, I couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely, in 1986, um, I was in college, but my friends and I would still get together to uh, watch the Celtics and order pizzas under the name Bill Walton. Uh, Ralph in Maryland writes, I don't know how I overlooked the Pet Shop Boys over the last 35 plus years, but the ad that, it currently airing, that is currently airing brought them to my attention. It likely jogged Steve into making the inadvertent reference to the song Opportunities. Uh, when I remember the name of the insurance company that did the ad, I will know that it is effective. In fact, uh, that is why it, it came up. That that ad for whomever it's for is on constantly. It got into our daughter's head, and she in turn put it back into my head. Memory is a trick thing, and he's he's uh, right when he says that. Uh, Sean writes, greetings from the semi-resident autograph collector. Uh, two basketball questions for Rebecca. One, I play a simulation PC basketball game that has recently added WNBA seasons for the game. The game has created the five most recent seasons uh, of those seasons, which was the most exciting in your opinion. Rebecca, you're the most exciting WNBA season of the last five. Oh, geez. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. I know one of the most exciting WNBA playoffs was 2018, where in the semifinals, Phoenix and Seattle had this great five-game series. Um, Sue Bird had this amazing game five to help win it for Seattle. While in the East, it was, I believe, Washington and Atlanta also had a five-game series. I don't remember the, if, how exciting that regular season was without like having it in front of me, but I know that was... Um, that was a great semifinal series. Seattle ended up sweeping Washington in the finals. And then um, then 2019 
was pretty spectacular as well. The finals went to five games. That was the Connecticut Sun versus uh, the Washington Mystics. The Washington Mystics ended up winning their first championship. But uh, so play eighteen the, or nineteen, and and if you do twenty, you have to do so in a bubble. Yeah, right? but but WNBA has been really really exciting since at least since the 2015-2016 seasons. Well, uh, also on the WNBA, too. On the way home from a Florida road trip, my son and I stopped at an antique market in Stanton, Virginia, uh, home of the Woodrow Wilson Presidential Library, and I saw this as pictured in an antique shop, Rebecca, in an antique shop. Antique shop. Yeah, any stories on how this came about or stories about dealing with Mattel? Was there any possibility of a Rebecca Lobo doll? And this, of course, is the WNBA Barbie with Rebecca Yu on... The, the box. box. Yes. I've had a lot of people ask me questions about that. So it's a Barbie doll, Barbie, um, in a WNBA uniform in a box. And my picture's on the front of the box and my picture's on the back of the box. And people will be like, she doesn't look anything like like you. Well, no, it's not a Rebecca Lobo Barbie. It's a WNBA Barbie where I'm on the box. And it wasn't just Barbie. It was also her friends. So she had um, that are a little bit more diverse. So she had, you know, a brunette friend. She had a little bit darker skinned friend. There was like three different friends. And I was also on the box for those Barbie and friends. Um, but it, still, it was a WNBA Barbie, WNBA friends that I ended up being on the box. Um, we have one of those at our house that when I don't know which one of our daughters or, or kids was little and they opened it and we're playing with it. And that Barbie, we still have the torso. <laughs> the head is missing. One of the arms has been ripped off. I believe it's also missing a foot. So that's what my children thought of what our children thought of the WNBA Barbie with me on the box. And of course, if, we're, if, if it were a Barbie of you, 6'4", Rebecca Lobo, it, it would have said on the box, it has a torso only more so. <laughs> oh, uh, Matt in West Hartford writes, Rebecca and Steve, I'm glad that so many of your listeners enjoyed my Rolling Stones email. It was nice hearing several of them write in with their kind words about it. All of your listeners truly have a heart of gold. Do you see what he's done there, Rebecca? I do, and he's, it wasn't Neil Young. He's referring to Neil Young. Oh, it was Neil Young. Well, Neil Young is heart of gold, <laughs> yes. And, and the the And the header on the email is rockin' in the free world. Okay? That, that. Is he's, 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 uh, <laughs> he's taking a shot at you, Rebecca, and appropriately so. Finally, and this is incredible because when we started this podcast 47 minutes ago, we hadn't oh, received an email like, from Dr. Gary Siegel. Oh, we hadn't? But 37 minutes ago, one came in. Just under the wire. Just under the wire. We've got him on a, what on a deadline. What would we have done? What would what would we have done? He's 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 this clearly has probably become like a stressful. Of course, it has um, burden. For not, Dr. Not, not only for Doctor Siegel, but for the poor woman who's in mid labor, <laughs> who he had to leave to dash off this email on his iPhone. You ready? I'm ready. And finally, batting cleanup, our double OBGYN, our DGS, our RBG, our everything really, Doctor. <laughs> Dr. Barry, Dr. Barry? I don't know who that is. Dr. Gary Bader Siegel. <laughs> Dear Rebecca and Steve. Rebecca. I hope this delayed report from Tuesday morning finds you well. Just as Rebecca, Rebecca has traveled to San Antonio for work, our daughter and son-in-law have traveled there as well for a long weekend away, leaving uh, Bibi, Mrs. DGS, and Zadie, a.k.a. DGS, in charge of 23 pounds of a 21-month-old granddaughter who lives deep in the heart of Texas. Bibi and Zadie are grandma and grandpa. As of this note, there has been no fire and just a little blood on the top lip from a spill at the playground. I've taken the liberty of attaching a picture. Bibi is playing is a play on Mrs. DGS's name, by the way, and Zadie is the traditional Yiddish name for grandfather. Bibi's mother is a bubby, thus Mrs. DGS couldn't use that grandmother name. Also attached, please, well, well where, is, where does Poozy figure into this? It should be BB, Zadie, and Poozy, no? It's Poopsy, right? I know, it's Poopsy, but, but, but forever Poozy. Po- forever Poozy Forever Poozy. Um, also attached, please find a picture of the candy, Sugar Daddy. Along with Sugar Babies, my late mother would remove those treats from our Halloween candy bags for fear of removing the dental fillings that other candies had caused. In the 60s, it was Sugar Daddies and Sugar Babies. Two generations later, it's Dots and Jujus that threaten our dental work. We have a bag of sugar babies upstairs because for Christmas, our sister-in-law sent us a box of 70s candy. I do wish to apologize for continuing to mention my health insurance app that gives me a dollar each for steps in intensity. Steve, while I'm over $100, the company spotted me around $50 on January 1st. Other than mentioning that 
chasing a toddler generates fewer steps than one might think, we will not speak of this again. No, I don't want him to think that we weren't speaking of it. No, no, no. My no. point I, last week was just that he had spoken yes, of it and right, you right. hadn't okay. noticed. Coach Lander sounds like a charming gentleman from the South. While I've not heard of Rebecca's turn into Rebecca's before last week's podcast, his use of Sweetie and Rebecca come from a loving place. Lastly, and most importantly, thanks to the note from the infrequent writer, was it Matt, who coined DGS. I'm honored and tickled. I'm off to read, color, play, and otherwise entertain a toddler who doesn't take long naps. All the best. Gary with two R's. There's a photograph attached of Sugar Daddy, and there's a photograph attached of... Sugar Daddy and of candy. And, and yes, exactly. Yes, that's, that is DGS, of course, but also uh, of the candy. And the toddler who is, is, is t- said toddler... She's uh, just as adorable as the last picture but, we but saw. But she's, she's not uh, bandaged or, or... Not yet. Uh, yeah, not, uh, not yet off to the urgent care. Well, um, thank you, Sugar thank Daddy, you, Sugar for Daddy. sending in your weekly email. I have to say, uh, I was at a uh, 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 one of the children's basketball games this weekend, and uh, one of our listeners, uh, Mike from Ozone Park, uh, who grew up in Ozone Park in Queens, but I, I refer to him forever as Mike from Ozone Park just because I want to make this sound like a WFAN uh, call-in sports radio show, uh, complimented uh, Dr. Siegel, complimented Denny on Dr. Siegel's uh, walk-up music, and uh, and reminded me now now that I forgot to refer to him as Mike had at the basketball game as our double O B G Y N. So for Rebecca, Doctor Siegel, Sugar Daddy, BB, Zadie, and Poozy, Tom, Dick, and Harry. Did I mention Denny? Re- Rebecca. Play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and ambiguous, well, we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.